This is Draco McCoy, Bleeding Out Podcast. Uh, I'm here with another episode, uh, actually a conversation that I'm very proud of. I spoke with my friend last summer, so it's a little bit of an older episode again. It's the last one, I swear to God. I'm going to try not to ever, like have this bunch of a gap between when we have the convo and when i finally drop it but you know luckily we don't just gossip about what's going on at the moment and we try to you know keep the story about my friends so um this is still great listen nonetheless my boy ben out here visuals is his at name out here visuals he is a photographer and videographer currently staying out in california and a very 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 nice guy you know, one of the one of the nicest people that I've ever met doing this shit. Very honest, and, uh, and he puts his work in. He does his shit. So I'm very excited for you to hear his story. And uh, yeah, this is my last episode. That's a little older. I'm not doing that shit no more. I'm gonna try to stay up to date. If anybody ever wants to help me with this shit, you feel me? Feel free. My DMs are open. Just call me. Just hit me up. Fuck it. But you know, if not, I still handle this shit myself. I don't care. Uh, meanwhile. I do got an album that is fully recorded and I got a hardcore album that we just finished recording the other day. I lost my voice for like three days after we recorded that shit. So y'all better motherfucking love it. I swear to fucking God. Uh, it's called Inner Peace. The band is called Inner Peace. So uh, tap in when that shit drop. It's going to be great. We're going to do some fucking ridiculous fucking shows. I can feel it in my bones, but I am not going to hold y'all up any longer. Um, thank you very much for listening to my voice once again. Let's start the fucking show. Let's go ahead and start this motherfucker. In three, man, two, one. Yeah! <laughs> Draco in this motherfucker, man. Bleeding out all over the motherfucking place. Man, uh, man, figuratively, not literally. I am with my mans. Uh, Being uh, out here visuals on, um, on, on all the socials and shit. Man, look, man. How are you doing today, brother? Doing great. I miss you, bro. It's been a long time. It's uh, been like almost two years now, I think. Damn near. Last time I seen you, I pulled up on you in L.A. I yep. think, yeah, I had just got done working with Mateus. I was like trying to crunch. You know, I'm never out there for long enough, so it's like nigga end up being like, oh, I got to do this right before I leave type shit. Yeah, you just got done shooting with Nate. Yo, yo, I did. Damn, you got a better memory than me, and I <laughs> and I did it. Uh, how you been, bro? Good, just working. Yeah. Building. Of course. That's all you do. That's why I fuck with you. When you was here, all you was looking to do is man, get some work in at all times. That's why, like, I don't know. I think that's why I gravitated towards you. Because, you know, I don't really, like, like fuck with a lot of people and shit, you know? I just always got the energy that I could trust you. You feel me? Yeah, I just feel like if everything is work-based, then I'll be able to lead it leave a legacy behind a lot easier for sure I like but that. if i get distracted i've already went through all the distractions like growing up when i didn't do this and that's where i feel feel like i benefit the most because i'll go to these parties and i'm not trying to party you mm. know what i mean mm-hmm. i've already done all that that shit's burnt out to me Hell yeah. so i'd rather leave a legacy behind and work my ass off to do so and just befriend everyone that I've looked up to. And like I said, just leave a legacy behind and build a team that is unstoppable. Man, see, those are two things that are really important to me. And it's always been like the hardest things for me to get together. You know what I mean? The, 
the legacy is the easy part, but the team is is the vital, is the is the is the most important aspect, and it's the hardest thing to build sometimes. Um, I'm gonna get into that with you though, man. For people who don't know, uh, Ben is an amazing uh, videographer and photographer. Uh, are you from Indy? Where are you from? I'm from 30 minutes south of Indianapolis mm-hmm. in a town called Franklin. Yeah. It's like a small college town. I actually was born in Southport, I believe. Yeah. But, yeah, I grew up in Franklin until high school, and then I moved to Indy and lived in Indy, like, for work and shit. That's what's up, dude. Uh, I didn't even know that, so that's what's up. Did you, uh, were you always into making videos and stuff? Like, like... Ever since I can remember, I had a camera in my hand, but more so, I was always into making art. Mm. So, like, if my teachers were lecturing, I was drawing on the side of my papers. You know what I'm saying? Like, if my friends were skateboarding, I was taking pictures. Like, it was all art-based. It was never fully photo video mm-hmm. which it is now i like that i don't paint anymore or draw or anything i want to see your art man why you ain't never show me it's just that's just your old shit back in the day yes but i also realized that like if i'm able to leave the legacy behind that i want to if i start painting my paintings were will be more of value before they were just doodles and like really cool pieces to hang up in the crib but it wasn't like making money you know what i'm saying it was a side hustle that was like fueling my creativity Mm -hmm. but once i focused and dialed in on photography and videography and doing that took off so all right what was it what was a younger a younger being like besides that you know what i mean because i feel like uh, I kind of wish I knew you while you were younger. Like, I wish I grew up to with you, or at least went to school with you or something. You ever played sports or anything like that? Yeah, I played hockey all my life. I started playing hockey when I was... I started skating on ice when I was three years old. I started playing hockey when I was five. That's hard. And I played hockey until my seventh grade year. Yeah. And then I went to military school my eighth grade year. That's crazy. But why hockey? Like, like, what got you into that shit? Mm, it's a, it's not, it's it, a different sport. It's a different discipline. It's, it was away from school because here in Indiana, it's not a school sport. It's mm-hmm. like more of a club sport that you, you get away from things. Yeah, and a lot of other states like Minnesota and stuff like that. It's like. You can play it for your school. You know I didn't even know that. So here in Indiana, it's like your school district, you don't have to be in a school, certain school district to play hockey for that place. Mm-hmm. Like there's like Carmel, Fishers, Columbus, Perry, all of them have hockey teams, but you can travel and go play for those teams. Who'd you play for? I played for Perry and I played for Columbus. Nice. I I don't know like I just started recently getting into soccer, so that's my new sport. I fuck with soccer heavy, and I I've been f- doing like Muay Thai and shit. 
But like so- hockey is one of those things that I don't know. I just feel like I never understand. You feel me? As far as like, I get the purpose of the game. I don't understand why they allow the fighting. Uh, I don't understand. You know, really, I've never watched one. I guess you could say I watched a bunch of like uh, like videos or compilations of people getting their ass beat. <laughs> That's the, really it though. The fight thing is like a respect thing. Like it's like. If something happens on the ice, they're gonna let you fight, but then you you have discipline depending on how difficult the fight is or whatever. Like you can get kicked out, you can, you know, what I'm saying you can uh, get five minutes in the penalty box or whatever. Yeah. So for me, hockey was a release because I was a troublemaker. So I just had too were much. Were you getting in fights? In hockey, yeah. I just had way too much energy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So hockey was good for me because my sister did gymnastics and I played hockey. Like, we were away from our typical school sports. Now, I did play basketball and soccer and stuff growing up, but it was more when I was, like, little, little. Yeah. Baseball, all that shit. But once I started to realize that, like, you can't do shit with that, then I started focusing on, like, the art. It's interesting because you one of the calmest motherfuckers I know. I couldn't imagine you with no energy at all. That that just comes from like what I said. Like I've been through that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm calm now because I was hyper back then. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't ever break out a character anymore like that because I've been through all that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Does anything get you into that mode again? Like at all You think you'll just be like Calm for the rest of your life Or you got something that like Excites you to that point Where you turn into a little kid again I mean creating excites me Like being able to like Bring a vision to life That's what excites me You know what I'm saying For sure Hanging out with like Family and stuff like that Like that's all I really care about I saw you say uh, I heard you say you went to Military school Uh, Did you end up going to college? No No uh, so around what time did you get into doing uh, videos? All right, so... Or was it photography first? So photography, like I said, I always had a camera in my hand. I was always filming videos, like making videos of my cousins, um, filming skateboarders. Like we would, we would go to Louisville Skate Park after school on Friday mm-hmm. when I was in high school. And I was like a sophomore... And I would go with my friends and we would just drive up there and we would go Friday night after school and we would stay and sleep in our cars and go to like Sunday morning. Yeah. Because if you get up there at night, all the lights are on and you could just while out, have fun. And then we would drive back and we would go to school on Monday. Hell yeah. I was never able to skateboard. I could bike and... I would always film because it was fun. I feel like if I was, because I can't skate for shit either. If I had a camera, I definitely had to be the cameraman. But you got to have like a certain amount of balance for that shit as well. And I, I, don't, I just don't have that relationship with my body. <laughs> you feel yeah. me? Yeah, I wish. I mean, you know what I mean? But I, now since I could skate, I, w- I could also rollerblade and film as well. So like. True. Hell yeah. So that's what I kind of grew up on. So around... What age did you start taking it, like, seriously? Serious as in, like, 
music industry shit? Yeah, sure. So that would be like six years ago? Yeah. Basically, I was in a four-year relationship. We broke up. My friend moved to North Dakota and was working in the oil field. He hit me up and was like, yo, I got a job for you out here if you want to, like, get away from your current situation. I was like, all right, bet. I'm on my way. I called my mom. She lived in Florida at the time. And I was like, yo, I'm moving to North Dakota for, like, two years. So if you want to see me, buy me a plane ticket. I'll come out for a few weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did that. Went out for a few weeks. Flew to North Dakota. Worked in the oil field 80 hours a week in the tundra and shit. What what the fuck were you doing? I was driving forklifts, uh, operating heavy machinery, like building out. um, Trying to think how to explain it. Building out packages to take out to work in the field. So like all the pipe work and the tools and everything they needed to like work on the oil field, like on the rigs. They would come to our warehouse. So I was working in a warehouse and, like, driving a crane and telehandlers and shit like that. Hell yeah. Giant video game shit. (laughs) That sounds crazy. Sounds like a big big shift from, you know, possibly from your life here. You feel me? Well, no. Fresh out the relationship. For the the four years I was in a relationship, I worked warehouses. Frozen, Frozen food warehouses where I would drive forklifts and pick pallets and do everything like that. So I always drove machinery. Um, but this was like the next level Mm -hmm. type shit. Um, yeah. So I went out there three months into it. Random drug test happened. Got hair follicled on site. Wow. Lost my job. Wow. Bogus. And then after that, I had like time to make art and I had money in the bank because I made good money out there. And I saw a Facebook post for a camera, so I bought it. Spent like 400 bucks on it. Mm-hmm. And then I met this kid who was opening up for Hobson, Waka Flocka, um, that whole scene, Devin the Dude, all that, all that type of shit. Yeah. And I just messaged him and I was like, yo. Like, I just bought this camera. Like, let's shoot. You know what I mean? We went out and started creating. And then next thing I know, I was, like, traveling with him. And, like, I helped manage him. Nice. His name's Dakota Fay. Um, was he going on tour and shit? He wasn't going on tour, but he was just doing shows every weekend. Mm-hmm. He already had a fan base built where he's from. You know what I mean? He was opening up for people for a minute and, like, Building his fan base. Mm. He actually helped me come up with the name Out Here Visuals because that that's what we were doing. We were out there. You know what I mean? Like we were <laughs> the reason that we were getting into the rooms that we were getting into is because I had a camera. Mm-hmm. So I could like oh, I'm the camera guy. And I could bring him with me. You know what I'm saying? The camera is a finesse move for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I've seen I've seen that shit work for plenty of people plenty of times. Definitely. If you have a camera and confidence and you know how to work it, you can get on stage with anyone. You can maneuver around. Like, you can make it happen. And I feel like uh, 
from how from when I met you, I knew that you that you knew what you were doing as far as that went. And I don't know, it's kind of interesting to know that you know you found an artist that you could hang with that often that early you know what i mean because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people they, they spend a lot of time looking for people to, to have that type of relationship with um what did we meet probably i feel like i feel like it might have been from a show but i don't remember i but i always ask that question to people because i never remember i think we met a year into me living in north dakota because I've always fucked with Jeremiah Stokes. Like shout out to him. He's from the trenches. He hard worker, confident. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, such a different sound with like the poetry that he can create. Definitely. And I found him when he was in high school. Mm-hmm. And I always said that if I was able to start a label, he would be one of the first kids that I would pick up. Hell yeah. Um. And so I was living in North Dakota, making good money. I started doing the photography thing, taking it serious. And the first year I did it out there, I went to like 32 different states and just was traveling for it. I took 132 days off work where I was working from. (laughs) And my boss literally brought me into the office and was like, why don't you just quit? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, because I still want stability. Yeah, you like, in case something happened, come back to his I was finessing it because we had like 14 days off that we were allowed to take. Yeah. So I would take Friday off and Monday off, and I would have a four-day week off. For sure. And I would only take two days off, but I would have four days. So I would leave, go to South Dakota, be there all weekend, come back, have Monday to recover, and then go back Tuesday. Yeah. And then work the whole week, and then, like, two weeks later, do the same thing. And once they started catching on, they were like, nah, you can't do that. <laughs> like, you're finessing it way too much. Yeah. That's but, hard, though. I like I like the technique, because I feel like that's, you know, for people who do have jobs and want to, you know, keep their lives and, and keep their jobs, it's kind of how you got to play it, you know? Facts. You know, that's how comedians do it. Shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what was the first camera that you bought? A Canon T2i. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I heard that those are still really good. Like the homie was telling me to get like a like a T7. It's a good entry camera. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the T7i is like better than the T2i was. You definitely. know what I'm saying? But Gotta it's be. definitely a good entry camera. Like I said, I bought it off Facebook. Mm-hmm. My my style was garbage then. <laughs> well, by the time I met you, your shit was good. Everything was like polished and shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and your confidence as well. Like it's like yeah, like you're like yeah, I got it. I know what I'm doing. Uh, goddamn, uh, what do you use to edit your photos? Like what software? And I'm just asking these questions because like for photo photography and videography, I've always wanted to get into it, but of course, you know, never really tried it. Never had a camera. Uh, but I was always like, you know, what is the learning curve? Where do you start? You get a camera, you got some people to do shit for, you know what I mean? Like, what's next? So, for editing, I use Adobe. Mm-hmm. And for video or for photos, they have Lightroom, and you can edit in Photoshop as well. I don't edit in Photoshop as much anymore. 
but I use Lightroom. And then for video, I use Premiere, which is Adobe, and then After Effects, which is like the sauce that you can add and like you can go in and like really develop a world. You can build a world with inside a video that you create mm -hmm. if you know it well enough. So Adobe, yeah. You uh learned all your shit from YouTube? No. Or you were just I learned fucking everything from trial and error. Hell yeah. I never was one to like pull up a YouTube tutorial and like do this because I feel like everyone's shit looks the same now. People do they do copy techniques. The lone wolf effect was pissing me off for the longest. But see the thing is is when I was starting, I was using Sony Vegas to edit, mm -hmm. which I don't even know if that exists anymore. I never heard of it. Um, it was Sony's version of, like, Movie Maker and, like, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, before, before that with editing, like, when I was in elementary school, I would skip lunch and, like, make, like powerpoints and shit for like the school news and shit like and then when i got into high school i would use movie maker and like do stuff like that and just play around with things but then eventually um i got into video editing and music videos and stuff like that and just started slowly going up the ladder mm -hmm. figuring things out like i said i never really used tutorials because once I started finding the tutorials, everyone's shit looks exactly the same. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now we're going into a different age where these kids are, like, figuring out 3D and doing all that. But that's a whole different story. I love the amount of kids getting in a blender and, and uh, that, that what is it called? Like, 3D cinema or some shit like that. Cinema 4D. Yes, yeah, that shit's hard, bro. They be going crazy with that shit, bro. I was trying to fuck with Blender for a minute. They made a donut, right? Yeah, I made a fucking donut, bro. Shout out to dude with the donut tutorial. <laughs> My shit was hard, I ain't gonna lie. But, I mean, it's like, I didn't realize uh, renders take so much power and, and so much time. You know what I mean? That shit's stressful as fuck. So I was like, my shit can't even handle it. I just need a new setup. Once I build a PC, I'm gonna start up again, though. Because I like, I like making logos and... Um, you know, just graphic design like that. You know what I mean? That shit will be, like, super valuable at some point. But, uh, so, eventually we ended up linking up. You shot some really, like, some of my favorite pictures of myself were shot by you. Um, we got the Wild Child video. I feel like we shot another video, too, but I'm not sure. Cam shot the video and I edited it. Yeah. Uh, and then we got the, uh, you did that video for Raylan that I loved. Uh, mm -hmm. That Big Ben video. That's that what I was hard. like, bro. That shit hard as fuck, bro. Yeah. I was like, man, I love this nigga, man. Um, and then I I remember you was like, yo, moving to LA. I was like, shit, man. Like, are you sure? You know what I mean? Every time one of the homies say that shit, because at this point, a lot of people I know have moved to LA. I never thought it would be like that either, you know? Mm -hmm. I figured motherfuckers would choose like Chicago or even like throw it up and hit and land in New York, which like a lot of the homies are in New York now too. Shout out to, uh, see, I think Jaren just moved out there. Uh, my boy He's Jaren, killing man. it. He's killing it. But, He's uh, destroying but it. Nigga, man. Shout out Jaren Braxton. I love you, bro. Uh, but, but before, but before all that, um, I left North Dakota, mm -hmm. went to Florida and, uh, I didn't find this scene out there right away. I didn't know a scene existed. So, what would you go to Florida for? You went to find the scene and it just didn't no. pull up? 
So I had a girlfriend that was from Florida that lived with me in North Dakota. Then mm-hmm. I moved up there and that I met when I visited my mom. Um, and she didn't like the cold anymore in North Dakota. So she wanted to move back. As soon as we moved back, her parents were like heavy Christians and this, this, and this. And she didn't live with me anymore. And they wanted me to start going to church and shit. So we just broke up. Damn. Um, you wasn't having it. Nah. That's just not, that's just not what I was <laughs> I about. Was like, hey, man, I can go back to North Dakota for this shit. I don't know how you was out there in the first place, but I, I can't stand no fucking cold weather. It's like bad enough here. It's bad enough in this room we sitting in right now. You feel me? It was definitely a different time in my life, but it definitely made me who I am today because of the connections I made. And um, North Dakota's small. There, mm-hmm. there wasn't anyone really like doing music videos like that. There was a few people, but not to the extent and how we were putting them out. Mm-hmm. And... I would go to these events and then I would wake up the next morning and I would post all the photos from the event that that night and I would wake up and everyone's profile pictures are changed and they had all my photos and shit. And I was like, all right, bet. Nice. And then I branched off into Minnesota and met a bunch of artists there, um, promoters and started shooting like EDM shows out there. And then, um, I met this kid, Jay Plaza, mm-hmm. who was killing it at the time. He still makes music. He's still killing it, but just a different era. Yeah. There's a kid, um, Finding Novion. I know like, him. Bro, there's so many kids out there that they were just, like, ahead of the game. Novion is hard. He was on a, um, he was on my Eight Ton Gorilla tape mm-hmm. on the song Matthias produced. Yeah, so it was hard. I know him. I think I, I found out about him through uh, Alan Kingdom. Right, because they were basically, he was part of a group called The Rotation. Mm-hmm. And they were basically like the next standard. And See, the standard was Bobby Raps, uh, Simon, Corbin, mm-hmm. Alan Kingdom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then... um. Finding Novion was like the next version of that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like you, like we were talking about earlier. Like their kids. You know what I mean? Who yeah, they got inspired? Shit, you know, like the trickle down, uh, the fucking the branch offs. You know? Yeah. Uh, and and I really do appreciate how uh, in touch you are with people, and you know, just remembering all their names, and and like you know, what I mean, just knowing like who who comes from what, who comes from where and mm-hmm. you know, you're as much of a fan as I am, so it's really great to always, you know, speak to you about this type of shit cuz you know, we could talk about this shit for hours, you know. Facts. Uh, but when you run out to, you know, Florida, what was the disconnect for you? For you personally, like would you go out there to find that you didn't find? Well, before Florida, real quick, mm-hmm. um I was working with Dakota. I met this kid Cashy, he introduced me to. And so I started managing Dakota and Cashy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually we went on a tour with Crazy Bone I got invited to shoot the whole tour and I told them the only way I'll do it is if they pay for our hotel rooms and our gas and then if they put those two kids as the openers nice and so that was like my first like A&R manager move you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying and then me and Cashy started connecting a lot and Cashy had a look and everyone was like, 
going into his sound and stuff, and uh, I was still friends with Dakota, but a group in Minnesota called Mill City Collective. My bad. Yeah. So they were a giant collective, a lot like how we had Ghost Town Collective here. Mm-hmm. So, like, they were the ones that were, like, on top. Uh, they had uh, Saeed Brown, crazy artist. Yeah. They had Jay Plaza. Um, they had this kid, Lyric Marid, just a bunch of crazy kids that knew how to rap. And, like, they all had fire videos and everything. Yeah. So we signed to them. I signed Cashy to them. And he basically became an artist with them. And I became one of their photographers. But we didn't live in Minnesota. We still lived in North Dakota. Mm -hmm. They had this kid, uh, Nathan Mills, um, that's a hard rapper, super, super talented. Minnesota had a wave. They definitely had a wave. So I went back to North Dakota, started making my moves traveling to north uh to minnesota a lot and like just pushing my way through and then my girlfriend wanted to move to uh florida so i moved back my family lived there so i moved in with them and i didn't find a scene there so i started shooting hip-hop dancers and i would just shoot like cover videos for hip-hop dancers Mm -hmm. so similar to like what tiktok has now but tiktok didn't exist then and then one night i met this girl tails and she invited me to a show and it all just clicked for me i met wi-fi i met little pump like it just all started to unfold met danny towers then Danny Tower started sneaking me into shows, and I was shooting Smoke Perp, Ski Mask, all these kids that were coming up, and I knew nothing about. Yeah, but so you, like, you found the scene, you found the the niggas. Yeah, they yeah. were they were the ones. Um, then I get then I get hit up to shoot in L.A. and it was by an artist named Young Egypt. I met him in the studio in Orlando. He invited me out. He was Molly Mall's artist. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about L.A. or anything like that at the time. I go out there. I live with him for like a week. We create a music video, a bunch of photo shoots. And then I go back to Florida. And then two weeks later, someone calls me like, yo, you trying to shoot a wedding proposal in L.A.? And I was like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> You're like, uh... As long I as... Know. And I got back to L.A. Yeah. Um, and it was a... He was a filmer. His name was Quiz. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to propose to his girl. So I flew the ring in on a drone over the ocean. Hell no. I swear to God. No way. I don't know if I still have footage of it. <laughs> but he was... He walked onto the beach and like, kneeled down and I dropped the drone down with the ring on it. Hell no. Nah. It was crazy. Hey, that's hard. That's damn near riskier than a motherfucker though. Risky. Like shout out to dude because you feel me? I wouldn't have done that shit. That's hard though. So I was there working with him but then Egypt had me come meet up with him and stuff 
and uh, Egypt's produced for a lot of people. Main Tokyo, he's friends with a lot of those type of people. Mm. Um, but while I was out there, I met Julius Dean, and he's like an Instagram, Facebook uh, influencer, like comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does magic. Um, you've hard. probably seen him before. Yeah, he do, he's like the British kid who does magic. I think I've seen him before. He be on YouTube and shit, right? Yeah, he be like pranking motherfuckers type shit. Well, yeah. not pranking, it's magic, but <laughs> right. Yeah. So I did a photo shoot for him. Um, and when I did a photo shoot for him, uh, I get invited to. Sean Kingston's mom's cookout. Sean wasn't wasn't supposed to be there. It was literally just a cookout. I was going to get some food. You know what I mean? I got invited by a friend out there. And when I get there, Sean's there. Mm -hmm. I ask him to take a picture. He was like, no, it's a family event. Like, I don't need photography. I showed him my page. I showed him my artwork. Mm -hmm. And... He just started speaking Jamaican, heavy, <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know what the fuck." I, I was just say, did. What was you doing in this situation? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I just did. He's like, "Let's take a photo in my studio tonight." Yeah. He leaves the event. We follow him, and we go up to the hills. This is the first time I've been in the hills. We go up to his house at the time, and I drink with him all night take a few photos of him. I end up crashing in his crib. I woke up the next morning. He was like, do you want to be my creative director? Damn. And I'm overlooking the hills, like, in a mansion. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, like, let's go. <laughs> I was like, what's that going to entail? And then we started talking. I called my mom. I'm like, yo, I'm flying back to Florida to sell my cars. I'm moving to L.A. She's like, what happened? I was like, Sean Kingston just asked me to be his photographer, creative director. That's crazy. Let's go. That's ridiculous, bro. And you know what? Now that you've mentioned this whole story, I kind of like, I'm getting glimpses of me catching you whenever you were just in town. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you just remind me, I don't remember you ever really even living here, but I know you had the spot, though, that, like, I think you had it, like, a crib that we went to before, and you were like, I don't really live here, or some shit like that. Oh no, type know. shit. That's after all this happened. Okay, okay. Damn, dude. So you was already your shit was slapping by the time we leaked up. Somewhat, mm-hmm. like it all goes in waves. You know what I mean? I don't consider, so I don't consider making it by being Sean's photographer. No, nah, yes. but that's a. It I mean, me, that's a really huge it, opportunity. It's like the, something strange to stumble upon. At the time, the Migo shit was going on with him. He wasn't friends with Chris Brown. Like, he wasn't friends with Soldier Boy. You know what I'm saying? Was like, he fucking all, with Tory Lanez at the time? No. Like, all those people, like, disliked him because of all the stuff that, like, went on in his past type shit. Mm. Which I don't want to talk about because I don't want to talk about any, yeah, yeah, anybody's yeah. stuff. Let's, but let's keep all that out. Yeah. So, met Sean Kingston, go back to L.A., I sold two of my cars and like left my belongings moved to LA with a backpack and a suitcase and literally within 
two weeks. They're like, get your passport. Like, we're going to Jamaica. Damn. Like, all right, bet. They expedited the passport. I got in like two days. Literally, the next thing I know, I'm living in Jamaica with Sean Kingston. (laughs) And I'm told I'm about to go on tour. Yeah. I didn't know what that was about to consist of. I didn't know if we were touring the United States, whatever. We go to Italy after living in Jamaica for like hold three on, hold months. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want to skip this Jamaica thing. Now, you got such a crazy story. And I know, uh, you know, I mean, we can't get into all the details. It's just every single moment of this shit. But like, you are somebody who just gets, It's not, I don't know how you get so comfortable with, with changing your scenery like this. You know what I mean? Like, in one minute, you're here or... um where where your hometown was right you know what i mean you go to military school you end up in uh, dakota mm-hmm. and then you and then you end up in fucking florida yeah then you're in la mm-hmm. now you're in jamaica yeah and i mean this is all you just you like you're alone but yeah. you're with other people but i mean right. what 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 is your mind state when you're going through all these uh, geographical changes uh and you know you so for me it's growth and um adaptation and an evolution of who you're becoming. Mm -hmm. So it's all lessons to learn and take in the long run. It's what makes you who you are. So I get to Jamaica. And what are they living like out there? So he hasn't been back for a minute, but we get out there. The first thing we do is stop and get food. And then the next thing we do is stop at a car dealership. He buys two cars. (laughs) He gets the new Mercedes truck and a new Benz truck. All white. Crazy. And then he buys a house. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, shit, they're moving here. Like, we didn't just come here. You know what I mean? Like. Did that make I you nervous? I live in Jamaica now. Like, were you, you like, I mean? not fucking with that shit at first? Or, like, was it like, all right, this is my life now? Nah, I was, just going, I was just going with the flow. I mean, like, I don't want to live at home with my mom. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going with the flow, see where it takes me. So, the house isn't ready yet. It's got stuff that needs to be done to it. So, we get this Airbnb. The Airbnb is Bob Marley's childhood home. Hell. Um, That's fire. Crazy. That's like really fire. We're literally living next to Chronix and Kaznambi while while I was out there. And Chronix's sister. Hell yeah. And I didn't know at the time what all this meant and like what I was going through. But I was there for two weeks. And then Sean was trying to sign Tommy Lee Sparta. Mm -hmm. So Tommy Lee Sparta was around. Chronics was around. It was just crazy. I was just diving into the culture. So Sean's family was like producer for Bob Marley and shit. Like he's like royalty. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying out there. So that so Sean is treated like royalty out there. He took me to Gaza. Like dropped me off. Like I was literally in the the hoodest of the hood in the whole world out there. Third world country. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dropped me off with a handler. I was out there. I was shooting a music video out there. And 
that night, the person who was taking care of me got murdered. What the fuck? So I was like, this shit is real. You know what I'm saying? But I was just going with the flow because I was, you know what I mean? I have the chill mindset now and I'm trying to make everyone happy with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm out there living with his family and then we leave to go on tour and I end up going to 16 different countries with him within the first eight months of working hell yeah never traveled the world before get thrown into jamaica live there for a few months then immediately travel to europe and i'm just like in the mix every night is a different country like it was crazy all this shit would like fuck my head up because you're going through all these changes all these you know all this shit's going on but the whole time you're working right you know what i mean so like what make what give you the confidence to even perform well in in the conditions you know what i mean he liked my work it wasn't about it wasn't about me trying to do something more it was about him liking what i did and me just expanding on that like my style that i have right now comes from a mixture of tyler yahweh Mm-hmm. I did a photo shoot for him, met up with him, um, walked around the city of Burbank with him while he was living there. He was French Montana's artist at the time. And he was like, don't ask me to post, just capture me. And showed me Cam Kirk's work. And I didn't know who he was at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was like, just capture me in the moment. Did a photo shoot for him. He loved my work. And that was me being back in L.A. with Sean. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just traveling around and working with these people. But working with Sean and traveling the world and, like, getting to be in these moments and stuff, I was able to capture every moment. He would have to tell me, yo, don't film this or, yo, do this. Mm -hmm. There was one time we were in Jamaica and we were with a Don, like, one of the people that runs the island. And I literally have my camera out. We get out, and it's just, like, everyone has AK-47s. Like, Sean's, like, literally doing, like, a business deal because he's about to perform for this dude. Like, he was like, you can't film this. Like, (laughs) I'm in a circle with AK-47s surrounding me because I'm trying to film something. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm his cameraman. Like, I'm supposed to capture this. But uh... But then that made me realize, like, not everything is supposed to be shown. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to create the narrative and create the story. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're building a brand for these people. You're making them who they are. You know what I'm saying? You and I get bet to you, show, you get a showcase, like, who, how these people portray themselves. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because Sean will always be looked at as beautiful girls and... You know what I'm saying? All the songs that we grew up on as kids when we were in, like, elementary school. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, but really, he's my age. He went through childhood stardom, but he he really rapped from the jump. He was really, like, hood. You know what I'm saying? But they never portrayed that because that wasn't his brand at the time. Mm -hmm. And it still hasn't became his brand fully because... People are so 
scared to show that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But Sean really comes from the gutter. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it was cool to get to know that side of him and his family and go through those motions. Now, uh, you know, I can imagine that this whole process probably sped up uh, how you think about everything, how you move, you know, you get back and you're like, okay, you know, I mean, even that, that one point that you made that like everything shouldn't be filmed, you know what I mean? Like that is a, a key point when you're around people like that, you feel me? Like, especially when you're around motherfuckers and, and you're trying to be all on Instagram, you like, nigga, put your phone away. What are you doing? You feel me? Like, you finna get us all kicked out of here. Type exactly. Shit. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, I, when you told me that you were moving to LA, Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, because we sat down, we sit down, you know, I'm a talker, so we, right. we get to talking, and you're just like, yo, like, you know, I want to I want to give people opportunities, I want to start something that's just bigger than myself, you know what I mean? And that's why I so, fuck with you. Everything, so that's after. So this is after what? Like, this is after... So I work with Sean for 11 months. Mm-hmm. He... We go through all the motions, I go to Dubai with him, I go to... Italy, I go to France. Like, what was your favorite trip with him? Dude, the favorite place you went? My favorite place that I was at was Jamaica, mm-hmm. just because it was like home at the time. But the coolest experience that I had overall was definitely Dubai because it's like you grow up in the Midwest, that's the city that you're like. I at least want to go there once before I die. You know what I'm saying? That's Definitely. a bucket list thing. Yeah. You don't even know what it consists of. You don't really know much about it. You just watch Discovery Channel and you see that, like, they got hotels underwater and, like, man-made beaches and man-made islands and shit. But shit, then for when most you get, people, they think that shit sounds impossible to get to. Exactly. But then when you get there, you're just like, this is a whole different world. It's hot as fuck over here. Everyone has some sort of royalty to them because if you're in Dubai, it's third world countries all around it. Mm-hmm. But if you're in Dubai, it's like they have so much oil money and money to play with. Like they just be building houses and give them to people and shit out there. It's crazy. Sounds crazy. So when artists come out there, it's like double what they normally make. Mm-hmm. And like princes are bringing them out there and stuff. So like we get to Dubai The first call Sean makes is to a prince. The next day, we go to this indoor theme park. No one's there but us. (laughs) We literally go to a whole theme park that was opened up just for us. That's insane. No one was there. They opened a restaurant, and it was like a 20-person table, and it's just a feast of crazy food. Wagyu, like, the life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then we go to Ferrari World, and it's Ferrari's theme park out there. Yeah. It was open, but we had, like, the VIP access of everything. I got to drive a Ferrari. I didn't even have a license at the time, but I just showed them my ID, and they're like, yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't do that here. You got to sign all sorts of paperwork saying you're liable for this, this, and this. Yeah. I did a driving experience where I got to, like, do drift cars with them and stuff. It was such a cool experience to create. And on our off days, I would literally go wake up Sean and, like, 
yo, let's go do this. I want to capture this for you today, this, this, and this. And I would just, like, get him up and, like, get him going. So I was, like, I wasn't tour managing him, but I was definitely, like, assisting him. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, because I wanted to create the coolest content. I have two vlogs on World Star that show my experience if you want to go check them out. I would love it, bro. Yeah. Yes. Hey, you got to send me those when we're done with this yeah, shit, Yeah, I'll send you the link for them. That's awesome. Uh, what what made you guys start working together? Just differences. Mm -hmm. um, he asked me to do something I wasn't comfortable, and I just was like, nah, I'm Gucci. Like, thank you for everything you've done for me. You helped me be who I am today, but I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And then he respected it. His family respected it. We crossed, you know what I mean? We went our separate ways. And I'm still friends with him to this day now. That's good. After the years of working with each other. Because that was in 2017. Mm -hmm. So after that happened, I went back to Florida. I was there for a little bit. And then I came up to Indy to visit my dad during the winter time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually Halloween. My friend hit me up. Yo, you want to come shoot our Halloween party? Hang out with us. I was like, yeah, I need some normal stuff in my life. Yeah. So after touring the world, yada, 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 all that crazy shit, I went back to my high school friend's, like, party. And I filmed it. And then they were like, you can stay here as long as you want. I ended up staying until February. Mm -hmm. And I just literally, like... They had a couch for me in the basement, and I literally just, that's when I filmed a video for you, that's when I filmed a video for Stokes, I filmed multiple shows for you guys, like, I just, like, dove into the indie scene, like, super heavy, and just started collecting bread. It was like, a just, good time to come around, too. Like, almost perfect, you know yeah. what I mean? It was, like... Right when shit, when you came around, it was right when I dropped A Ten Gorilla, mm -hmm. uh, which still motherfuckers love that album. You know what I mean? And it was uh, with that Wild Child song, that song A Ten Gorilla. I it was right that. when uh, Ghost Gun was a thing. Yep. it was right around that time. Mm -hmm. It was right um, when Flacco was working on all the stuff he was working on, like fresh out of sleeping in sleeping in jeans, as I was called. Yeah. Fresh out of that. Yep. And everyone was transitioning. Elevator was fucking with us. Lyrical was fucking with us. Elevator like, was... I, I'm gonna always fuck with uh, bro from Elevator. Uh, whoever, all the dudes that were helping us get on the fucking YouTube page. You know what I mean? That shit put, brought my career up. You feel me? Like, I feel like a Hef, lot of people don't Hef, realize that type of Hef shit. Hef is the, the main A&R. Bro, shout out to Hef, bro. You He's know the like, main A&R at Cap for 10k now for real yeah he's killing it, he's bro. literally he's literally the one who signs Ian Dior and all these kids to 10k like he's with Trippy's label I'm glad he deserved it bro he's the main a and I love all the dudes that were you know killing it in that blog era that were able to come up uh, yeah so now we're at the part where you're like, man, yeah, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And I'm like, damn, bro, what you going to do? And you're like, uh, you know, I got this whole, uh, you know, the, you had the brand. Um, is that when you brought uh, Bright Minds? Mm -mm. Not yet? Not yet. Okay, so when you get out there, what was your situation when you first moved to L.A.? 
All right, so like I said, I was here till like February or something like that. Mm-hmm. I move out to LA. Um, I visit my childhood friend. Um, he's like, you got a place to stay here if you want. You can rent a room. It'll be this much, yada, yada, yada. I get in... I get invited to go to the studio and, like, work with artists and just kind of, like, start maneuvering around. Um, Mikey, who was doing the Grime Time shows out here, Mm -hmm. was living out there, and he was producing and had his own, like, underground studio that I went to and, like, I just started maneuvering around the industry. Um, I met this guy, Tony Warren. He invited me to go to Super Bowl weekend with him. And I travel to Minneapolis, go to Super Bowl weekend with him. Then immediately we take a sprinter and we go to Atlanta. And we work with... um, De Niro Fourway, who is London on the tracks cousin. Mm-hmm. And we work with um one of the Migos artists, Mango Fu. Go to Atlanta, work with this artist Tony Warren. I'm traveling around with him. We're in the studio. He's working with this guy, Mango Fu. He's signed a YRN, and he's, like, a younger Migo. He has, like, the same sauce as them. Like, he's super talented, though. Mm-hmm. Go out there, work with them, travel with Tony for, like, a couple weeks. He ends up doing... I basically just maneuver around with him. Mm-hmm. Um, slept in studios with him. I'm just grinding. Well, then my friend offers me a room in L.A. I'm making money at the time, so I'm like, all right, bet. I think it was like 600 bucks. Move into this room. So now I have a place to sleep early mornings and then just grind all day, all night. Um, So I'm out there working and just making moves. Before that... um. Rambo from Mm -hmm. the city invited me out there to shoot like a weed convention, shoot some um, stuff for him, shoot some music videos, whatever. Yeah. But he introduced me to Kid Inc.'s manager, Ill Will, who did like all the crazy mixtapes back in the day and everything. Yeah, Ill Will. I used to listen to them shit. Yeah. So I did a few sessions with Inc. And then they realized they don't need a photographer because his wife wanted to do it. Like, if if he was traveling with his wife, his wife would take his pictures. That's hard. So I still kept that relationship, but it never really went anywhere. Mm-hmm. He just gave me a bunch of product, too. And I came back to Indy, and I was working with him and stuff. And then I met Tony, traveled to um, Super Bowl weekend, went to Atlanta, Ended up coming back to L.A., getting a room, living in L.A., 
And then I just started maneuvering around. I met this kid, Humongous the God, at the time, mm-hmm. who's now everyone knows as Kid Boo. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I met Rojas. He introduced me to a bunch of people working with out there. Mm-hmm. And then I just started maneuvering my way through the industry. So is that how, like... Because it sounds like you don't really say no to anything. So is that what kind of gets you into these positions? And then... Because it's almost like like networking is like your forte. It's like your 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 biggest feat. You know what I mean? Like you're just really good at, all right, I met this person, met this person through this person, met this person through that experience, and then everything just keeps tying itself into what you just decided to say yes to. Uh, yeah. Is that what's important in, you know, let's say the, if, you, if you're trying to make it in L.A. or some the, shit like that? The most important thing about everything that you do in life is keeping a good rep no matter what. Even if someone pisses you off and rubs you the wrong way, you still got to, like, maintain that relationship because it's going to be better for you in the long run. And, like, being consistent. Being someone that someone can trust, being consistent, and always growing. Mm-hmm. That's, like, my key to everything. Um, so I'm out in L.A. for a little bit, and then my friends who invited me to... Um, invited me to uh, live with them in Indiana for the party. They're a band, and they decided to go on, like, a... 15 state tour so i got him on a festival in uh, minnesota and that's their start so i leave la i go to minnesota like three days before that band gets there i shot like three or four music videos when i was out there Mm -hmm. and then i hop on this like converted church bus with like fucking bunk beds that were built in it and like everything and I literally just like took a break from the industry that I was getting myself into and went on this journey with my friends it's kind of hard bro and I literally traveled from Minnesota through North Dakota through Montana saw like the Glacier National Park Mm -hmm. went to Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon. While I was in Portland, my friend Keith Canvas, who I met in L.A., invited me to um, hang out with him for the day. So I hung out with, uh, while I was in Oregon, my friend Keith Canvas invited me out to hang out with him for the day. He was uh, hanging out with Casal, who had that song La Brea, Mm-hmm. Um, he was signed to Dre London at the time and uh, hung out with them, created some vibes, and then hopped back on the tour bus and like went back with my friends. And we went back to L.A. And when we got back to L.A., we all stayed at my house. Well, we got kicked out of the house that, that weekend. What because- you get kicked out for? Because we were trying to renew the lease and yeah. and the um 
the landlord came over and everyone was just like bumming from the from the tour. He was you not fucking saying? with that shit. Nah. He said, Y'all got to go. Yeah. Yeah. And he basically was like, No, nah, you can't renew the lease. Damn. And then so now I'm I took this little like two week, three week journey. Mm-hmm. Now I don't have a place to stay in LA. <laughs> And, and you're still in L.A. So and I'm what? still in L.A., but I hop on the tour bus, go to Colorado. While I'm in Colorado, I do the show with them, and then I left and did a photo shoot for this company while I was out there and shot a few girls and then went back to L.A. So I go back to L.A., hop on Facebook, and I basically rented a room for the month. And I did that for four months. And then my friend Mikey invited me to Paper Diamond's release party. And he introduced me to an artist by the name of Burke Visuals, who I've followed for a really long time, Mm -hmm. um, art-wise. And then we went over to his house and he was like, yo, my roommate, we clicked, we clicked really well. And he was like, my roommate's moving out. He's going to school to be a pilot. He's, he won't be here. Maybe we'll have a room available. Nice. So. And that's important, isn't it? Like making sure you have a, a, a solid place to stay if you're going to, because like. I remember uh, when when the boys, they flew me out there and, and, you know, I was fucking with them for a minute. They was like, yeah, bro, like, you know what I mean? We used to be popping from uh, Airbnb to Airbnb, you know what I mean? Like, it's expensive as fuck, but, you know, do what you got to do, blah, blah, blah. But, like, for you, was it important to make sure that you had a a place to, you know, stay for sure? I don't understand, like... That's the most important thing about L.A. is having stability. Is because... You can sleep on couches and be hungry, but you don't want to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Every person who has ever made it in the industry, Travis Scott, Dex, all these kids have all slept on couches to get where they're at. They don't have anything handed to them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They go through the motions. So that's one thing I learned. And then, um, yeah, me and Burke hit it off. I moved into his house. Then... I met Andrew, who is my current partner. His brother Daniel was the one that um, went to school. Um, He gets out there. He doesn't like it. And so I moved in. And then, um, yeah, we just... I started becoming friends with people, working... Um, I met Goose the Guru a few months before that. I remember when you were telling me about that, around that mm-hmm. time. So he started bringing me around Trippy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working with Trippy every single night. And I wasn't his cameraman. I was literally just invited from Goose and became friends with them. Still to this day, I've never been his cameraman. But I have like... A hundred sessions filmed with him, and I have some of the craziest experiences and moments and stuff that I've captured of him. I mean, I believe it, bro. And I think it was the last time I went out there, the couple couple years ago. It mm-hmm. was really fucking weird that like 
out of nowhere. Uh, it felt like all the homies that was out there was doing something for Trippy Red in some way. You feel mm-hmm. me? I was like, damn, like he's got like the power of motherfucking team. I remember, I mean, the shots that uh, Nate had of him were all like amazing. Yeah, um, his the people that he was fucking with was fucking with Trippy super hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were fucking with him and. When people tell you that type of shit, you feel me? Because everybody swear they know somebody. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it was hard when I seen you. Uh, it was like a Juice World freestyle or some shit. Or like if Hammond Tribute was in the studio mm-hmm. and you just standing there behind them, just fucking. Like, it's, it's, the, it's the song that just came out on Trippy's album. Yeah, and that's fucking fire song. I was like, dude, the, I was trying to find that video. I can't find it no more. The I think Matt they, like, Hardy one. I think they like posted it. I think Trippy like. I don't even think it's up no more, but. Like, no, it's on it's on No Jumper still, I think. Yeah. It's a Juice World vlog. When I seen that shit, I was like, hell no. Nah, what the fuck is going on? Like, bro, really out there. Uh, what is it like fucking with, you know, Hammy and, you know, doing, just working with Trippy? You know what I mean? Uh, what is What all do you uh, do for him? Or what are the, the situations that you end up in? You just end up just going so wherever, just, popping up at parties and shows and shit? Not really parties. Not really parties. It was. It mainly was. Goose invited me to the session to film photos of him and Trippy and like capture the moment. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And then I was just always around because all of Trippy's homies fucked with me. So like, if someone would invite me to the studio, it wouldn't necessarily be Trip right away, but it would be like, "Yo, we're at the studio. Pull up." You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because they liked my photography. So I started doing that, and then at the same time, Chris Long, who Lil Ugly Toes and and um, introduced me to, mm-hmm. he started inviting me to all the No Jumper interviews and to shoot photos. You know what I mean? After the interviews and stuff like that, like he just kept me around. I, I used to watch a lot of them No Jumper uh, interviews. Yeah. And I always fuck with Chris Long's like energy whenever he'd be on camera and shit. He never seemed like he liked being on camera much, but yeah. he's a very calm dude, uh, you know what I mean, compared mm-hmm. to a lot of, I guess, like guests and shit like that, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, I like his photography a lot. Yeah. Really good. Uh, All film, in the moment, you know what I mean? He's, yeah. He's around. By the time I came around and visited, uh, shit, when I was over at your crib, he was there for like half the time. Yeah, uh, y'all were just fucking chopping it up, business mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? But uh, what's it like working with him? So now that's what. So so we're building bright minds right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, we're three years strong. Mm-hmm. We've um basically taken like every opportunity along the way to grow. Um, and working with Chris has been a blessing because. We help each other out a lot. Mm-hmm. So originally it was, he would just invite me to the store, hang out, you know what I'm saying? Be around the no jumper parties, the shows, you know what I mean? Capture the whole movement. And then him and Adam had a falling out and me and him were about to take a bunch of show ideas to no jumper and like start to create like like a vice, like a channel. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of what it started to go into now, but a different direction. Yeah. Um, but then when he, me and him, when you know what I mean, 
him and Adam broke up and like stopped working with each other, then Juice picked him up immediately. He just started touring with him, and he was with him for like I think a year almost. Mm-hmm. And then I was working with Trip, working with a bunch of different artists, and just kind of maneuvering my way through, shooting every show I could, like just like being in like the world that is LA. Now my big question is like uh you know when when you're doing this type of work you get invited to all these places you know and and more so for opportunities it sounds like you know what I mean you can get into this room and you can do this and you can do that uh at, at what points and I was wondering even you know in the in the Sean Kingston situation at what points do you get like compensated and like is it difficult to get payment for your job uh, you know, especially as a photographer, you know, I know videography, you can always say your price or whatever, whatever. But if you're just around taking photos for somebody, you know, how do you uh, end up turning that into revenue? So or even sustainable income. It's about picking your battles. Like you'll always have an artist that will want you to pull up and you can be like, it's this much for me being there this amount of time. This is your deliverables. This is what you'll get. Mm-hmm. But it's always grown since me working with Dakota. It's always grown more and more. You know what I mean? When I first started, I was shooting for free. And then it was 200 bucks, And then it was 500 bucks, And then it was like, yo, buy me this lens. I'll shoot this music video for you. It's just like give or take type of thing. And that's how, that's how it is still. But... It's just on a larger scale. Like, um, now I know what my photography is worth and I know what my time is worth and I know exactly how to get my stuff done quick and efficient. And I know that this artist is probably only going to post one picture from the night. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to take a hundred pictures of them in the studio. Mm -hmm. But if I do take some hard photos, then the video is what lasts the longest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just built my page off of candidates, capturing, being around the moment, like, and just like slowly building up my following and shooting rolling loud and going with the artists and, I shot for Baby Goth for quite some time. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, so it's really just like working with artists and building with them and then building with the artists that they work with and then befriending their management and just like maneuvering your way through pretty much. That's the most important part is like never piss off the managers. Now, have you ever, uh, you know, been in a situation where uh, you, 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 w- felt like you should have been paid, asked for it or, or anything like that. And then like, you know, you got, uh, you know, taunted or, or, you know, put down like motherfuckers like, uh, fuck you, whatever, whatever. You're not getting no money or like, I've never been in that situation, but I had definitely been in situations where I've told I was getting paid and I never got paid. Mm-hmm. Still go through those situations. I bet not. I hear about that type of shit all the time. So, and now it's more of a, I still won't burn that bridge, but I have leverage because I know what I'm capable of mm-hmm. and I know the vision that we bring to the table. Um, and also, yeah. have you ever posted anything that like, like you was like, 
I don't know, like motherfuckers just like, yo, don't post that shit, you shouldn't have posted that or whatever. No. Like that's and I think that's the reason people trust me is because I've never captured a moment that shouldn't be captured and released it. Mm-hmm. I've never released a raw video of Trippy in the studio. You know what I'm saying? I've never released like him playing an unreleased song or anything like that because well, yeah, that's to... that's just the motherfucking like super foul. You know what I mean? Like motherfuckers. But also, like I I was going back through our messages, like from when we first, you know, the first shit that I have, uh, you know, on that out here visuals page, and I I was like, yo, uh, you know, can you take that one down? Uh, can I like can I like approve the pictures before you post them? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's just because of me. Like I hate mm-hmm. being on camera in the first place. So you know, I was wondering. I don't know if other people be like that. Is it? Is but, it is it what, harder working with artists? What or did I tell you? With... Did I tell you like the picture's dope? Like you should keep it up. Yeah, I think yeah. So. <laughs> I have a lot of people that say stuff to me like that. Like I don't look right in that photo. I'm like, bro, you look hard. Like it looks dope. It's a dope photo of you. Yeah, I have had an artist that I look up to block me because I posted a photo. Damn that he didn't want posted but i thought it looked timeless and dope i would never post something of someone that like doesn't look good yeah you know what i'm saying using that uh remember how they did pop smoke ass uh <laughs> that dude that uh, was taking pictures of him while he was in the store <laughs> well he got shitty as some dude uh, uh some photographer was taking pictures of him while he was like signing shit or something like that and uh, he just had the goofiest faces, bro. And he was like, bro, take these shits down. <laughs> like, And then the kid was like, I don't know, offended by his approach. So ended up posting all that shit. You feel me? And it's like, damn, bro, like that's, that's fucked up. For no reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about like, uh, well, hold on. So what's how do you prepare for a shoot? You know, what do you, what do you like? All right. Uh, let's say Trippy wants to motherfucking have me pull up. Uh, I know he got a studio tonight or he got a show or let's say it's like, um, you know, festival type situation. You, you're going to, you know, make sure you get on stage to some artists. Like, like, what do you leave with? How do you prepare for that day? You know what I mean? Like, do you just tag along with somebody or you just take one camera or you try to take somebody else with you? You know, uh, what's your average move, you know? So if I get invited to shoot a studio session, at the beginning, it was just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, I kind of take it, I feel the vibe out first, and I'll shoot it just me for a few sessions. And then if I get invited back, I'll be like, yo, do you care if I have another cameraman come and have like different angles and like a different approach to it? And usually they don't turn it down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I like having... A GoPro on the person mixing, you know what I mean, the the stuff, like, and then I'll have, like, someone in the booth and then someone capturing the vibe. So, like, I have sessions with Trippy from Life's a Trip 2 that we filmed with, like, four different cameras. Hell yeah. Because he's never had that before. You know what I'm saying? I can't wait till I can do some shit like that. I mean, honestly, like... Having moments like that captured, it's it's a beautiful thing, you know? Yeah. 
And I always wonder, like, what life would be like if I had enough footage to make, like, a documentary one day. You know yeah, what I mean? exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. Fuck yeah. Um, when you... Can you describe to me what Bright Minds Entertainment is? And, like, your, you know, who's all involved and your overall, you know, goals and maybe greatest accomplishment so far? So Bright Minds started with... Andrew and Daniel's idea. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Burke was involved in the beginning of it. And then they just had the name. They did a few things together, but not super consistent. Um, then I came into the picture. I had a lot going on, and a lot of artists hit me up to do things. So I automatically made all my video stuff instead of out here visuals, Bright Minds. And me and Andrew and Daniel and Burke at times started shooting. But Burke got really busy because he does painting and art and, you know what I mean, graphic design and yeah visual effects and everything. Yeah, she do. And... uh so I just turned my whole following for video into Bright Minds and just maneuvered my way through mm-hmm. with that. And uh, we picked up Cam for a little bit, who's an Indiana native. And he lived with us and we shot with him a lot. He was a big part of us. Shout out to um, Cam. He met a girl and... Moved to Hawaii. What? He's in Hawaii now? Yeah. What? Hell yeah. He has an acre of land out there, and he built, like, some houses and stuff out there on it, and, like, he is doing a whole different thing. That's random as hell. Um, When did that happen? Like, last year during COVID. That's crazy. I always said he looked like a damn surfer. (laughs) So the the last project that, that me and Cam did together... When COVID hit was a Mod Sun acoustic video, mm-hmm. which is cool because I always liked Mod Sun and looked up to him and stuff. So cool getting to work with people like that. But yeah, man, it's really just been maneuvering my way and making friends with people and people trusting my art. And like now I say no to a lot of things, but before I used to just say yes and do it and just you know what I'm saying like so what's a I want to know two things like I want to know the best experience that you had like just something uh, either like your favorite person that you ever met or you know what I mean just like something that you would just never forget for the rest of your life type situation but then I also want to know like the worst you know I don't think I have a best moment of like one best moment of Mm. capturing not like this is the best day in my life but (laughs) i mean i've been on stage with travis scott like right next to him and a fan tried to get on stage and i got to throw him into the crowd because the because the security guard was like nah he doesn't belong on the stage you know what i'm saying like capture him in the moment i've you know i mean captured countless studio sessions with trippy i've been blessed to work with juice world a few times not very many but um i got to be around that 
um, be- became friends with Caskey, you know what I'm saying? Like good friendships, um, built those, um, worked with, I don't know. It's just, just always stayed consistent enough where I never committed myself to one artist, but always made them a priority. And I think that's like the biggest thing that, that I've went through is like making the people I work with a priority, but never giving them just me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Never just being like, I'm this person's photographer. I mean, honestly, bro, that that can sounds like it could hinder somebody so hard. I mean, it's it's just as bad as signing to a label and then not being able to do anything. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I've been close to signing to some label stuff and like getting a salary and stuff like that, but nothing ever went all the way through. So, do you have a a, a worst experience or a worst you know like situation you've been in where you're like, wow, I can't believe I just fucking did this shit you know what I mean I mean I feel like a lot of people I got invited to Rolling Loud mm. and I got there and someone gave away my pass and I stood out in the rain for like three hours Jeez. with nowhere to go yeah. type shit in Miami like literally nowhere to go um like I said I've slept on couches and done that whole thing but all that shit has made me who i am today and i don't consider it like a bad experience it's just a lesson learned you know what i'm saying like i like that and you know that type of shit is it's super necessary in the grind but you know like i try to make this podcast at least be you know for anybody who sticks around and listens to in the first place you know what i mean like something at least motivating for them you know that there's a there's a, a kid that wants to be a videographer out there right now that might stumble upon this shit right and he's like damn well you know, it sounds like it was just going well for bro because he was just taking these, you know, saying, yeah, yeah, sure, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, you know what I mean? But then at the same time, like, you know, I know a lot of people who do that type of shit. They're like, oh, bro said he got this whatever for me, I'm about to go do it. And that nigga never will end up nowhere near trippy, right? <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. Uh, you know, shit like that. So, just, I mean, it's super interesting how you make these things happen, bro. And I'm really proud of you, to be honest, you know. Uh, it's really cool to see you, how you're growing and, and, the, the, you know, I feel like the opportunities still from this point on are just, like, endless. You know what I mean? I consider it straight-up manifestation. If you look back on my Facebook, I've always said, like, oh, this person's about to be this, or this person reminds me of this person. I think they're about to do this, and it happened. In 2016... 2017, uh, when I first moved to LA, I found out about Trippy and I listened to his music and I was literally like, in 2017, right before I was started working with Sean Kingston, I said, if you haven't heard about Trippy Red, he's the next big thing. Give him two months and watch him take off. Hell yeah. He sounds like Caleb Faisal mixed with EJAS. So I said that in 2017 and literally a year later I started working with him and just being around, which is crazy. Like that is I've, crazy. I've said that about Doja Cat. I've said that about Kid Leroy. I said that about Mod Son when he was first starting. I interviewed G Easy when I was in high school for like a a blog that I created. 
That's hard. We failed to uh, uh, speak about that as part of your past. You was a blogger. Um, I just always really liked the music industry, and I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to start a clothing company, and I knew that that was like fashion was a big part of um, was a big part of that, mm-hmm. and. I, st- I started a clothing company. We we saved up enough money, and then basically the person who was printing our shirts, like, fucked up, and we never got our shirts, and we didn't have enough money to, like, start it. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. I mean, shit. I, honestly, that's, like, the story of... I heard like, an exact same story like that from, like, four different people. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and then that birthed, like me listening to music on Mass Gorilla and, like, the whole blog stage and, like... I always wanted to be on Mass Gorilla, bro. Bro, they, they were the ones, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, they had everyone before they were someone. Two dope boys. Mm-hmm. I still want to be on Pigeons and Planes. I still ain't even hit that shit yet. I got the on that with Flocka. Yeah. Bro, because blog, the blog shit is tight, bro. Hearing people, like, just, it's almost like being, like, uh, it's it's just as cool as videos and pictures. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you just, as far as, like, legacy goes, like, somebody writing a piece about you is fucking crazy. You know what yeah. I mean? Who are some, like, some dream people for you? Like, your top, like, three for you to just be around, capture moments, uh, you know, and, and is it all rappers? Do you, well, do you love hip hop the most or? Um, I like capturing the scene of hip hop the most because for me, I can show a legacy almost like I get to show history. Mm-hmm. Like if you look back at like the day to days with. Wiz Khalifa and what Mac Miller was doing and all these kids who were like touring and vlogging and everything like that like that was all we had to watch when we went home from school and stuff like I used to love that shit bro even um the on the bus freestyles with Wayne and stuff like that like yeah I get to capture that now like I get to capture that part of the industry now and so I don't take it for granted but I haven't figured out how to fully showcase that. And that's what I get to do with Chris Long. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my favorite thing about working with Chris Long is, like, he has the fan base and I have the friendship with him. And he has the people who look up to him and um, watch his stuff every day. And so I don't need to build a YouTube channel. Like... I can help him build his even further. So I don't ever need to build that. You know what I'm saying? I like that because every every approach you make is very unselfish. You know what I mean? You're like, this will be, you know, super beneficial for the person, uh, you know, that I'm doing this with. And then, you know, at the same time, you're like, uh, you know, adding it, adding your parts in just such a, a passionate way, you know what I mean? And that's what I always like about you. And the fact that you give everybody that credit, you know what I mean? Like, even in this interview, you've mentioned, like, 13 artists that I'm like, mm-hmm, but I don't know who they are, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And people but listen to the world, but it's like, yeah. But now you can, anyone listening to this can go back and be like, 
oh shit, that guy, that person was hard. Yeah, that's just hard as fuck, bro. You're you're a great person, and also like I'm really glad that I was able to sit down and speak with you, because uh, I mean I you know you're my boy. I've been wanting to talk to you you know for a minute and learn about your life and shit. Yeah, uh, I've never been able to fully do this. I've I've done it one other time, but it wasn't like this because they didn't understand the industry and like what to ask and like how to like flow me through an interview this just feels like having a conversation with you but now shit now people, people are gonna hear it, it you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but the, but the thing for me the most like probably my biggest regret is um getting an artist signed and and not working out for him oh man because i thought i was doing something good for the kid and then when I realized that the management really didn't care about him or didn't know what to do with him or, like, didn't put enough effort into it, then I literally just, like, took that away from him. Damn, bro. And and, Damn. and that's, like, the biggest burden that I've ever had on my shoulders is, like, getting an artist signed, not taking any sort of cut from it or anything like that, not doing that, but, like, just getting an artist signed and then him not getting to do what he should have been able to do. What what was uh what was the biggest issue? Was it just like they just didn't give a fuck about him or they were selfish. They just didn't have the they just didn't care that he already had a sound he built and like that's the reason they signed him. And then they want to take it in a different direction. And and uh, he didn't live in L.A., so they didn't put the effort and the time to, like, make him pop and introduce him to people while he was in town and mm-hmm. just a whole lot of things. Like, it was just... That's probably the worst I've ever felt in working in this industry. You know what I'm saying? Because I thought I was about to change his life forever. But... It just went the other way. And it's not necessarily my fault, but I feel like it is my fault because I gave him that chance and then they took that chance away. That's like the tragic truth about, you know, the music industry. And I know you see all of it being out in L.A., you know what I mean? You see the artists. I mean, shit, you go from, you know, some of the biggest artists in the world you know what I mean? To the ones who are borderline fucking... I know who to work with now. Like, I know who to bring up. If I come across someone that I believe in, I'm going to do my best to, like, help them build their brand. And that's what I've learned the most is, like, I'm not just a photographer. I am... I've kind of become an A&R. I don't like to admit it, but, like, people look at my page to sign kids now. Mm-hmm. I've been told by some big-ass managers, like, yo, you got the sauce. Like, <laughs> I can I can watch your page and see who you work with and then listen to their music. If they're dope, I can introduce them to someone and get them signed. You know what I'm saying? And just, like, it's crazy to me, but it's what I've... I have an ear and I have an eye for stuff, and I've just... You know what I mean? Maneuvered along the way, and I know lately, uh, what you was just out in Chicago, uh, fucking with Lyrical Lemonade, 
Mm-hmm. Fucking with Cole, that shit mm-hmm. looks fucking. That I was watching all the uh, cause I like to when festivals like that shit happen. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm like stuttering and shit cause I get excited. But when festivals like that happen, bro, like I go and I just watch everybody's full sets on YouTube cause like yeah. I like to see the crowd, but I really like to see cause I'm a fan of all all artists. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just need to see like what songs they performed. You know, like. How people reacted, you know, some niggas DJs be annoying as fuck. I like to see that shit, like just everything about people's like yeah. on stage presences and like uh, and shit, man. Like, how's it been, you know, fucking with Call and Lyrical Lemonade lately? So that I know you say you know you be pulling up and just doing like side jobs. So for me, that started pretty much during COVID. Um, I was kind of not doing a bunch of music videos and stuff me and Cam were creating and um I went to London for 3 months mm-hmm. uh worked with Lancy a few of my friends over there that shit um, you did with Lancy was hard but my friend Q invited me over there um and Quinn is a visionary I believe Quinn is like Virgil mm-hmm. like he's He's got it figured out. He's, it clicks for him. You know what I mean? He can literally experience, he can show you feeling through art in any way. What's his Instagram? Q-Star. Got it. Um, so I went out there, lived in, lived in London for a little bit. I met, um, this artist by the name of Maca Wiles who is signed to Youngblood's management. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with Lancey out there through Quinn. Um, we were working with a producer named Hiko Momoji, and Hiko did um, a lot of the beginning stuff for Khalid. Nice. He was like the sauce behind Khalid. He helped find him with uh, Tunjai. Yeah. Remember... Uh, Ball is life. Yeah. That guy. He's he found Khalid. Nice. So, um Khalid had a good wave too. I, I still I, has he dropped anything lately? I don't know. I need to check. I, you know, I don't really listen to too much uh Maybe, shit. but he don't have he don't have the sound he had with with Hiko. Mm-hmm. It's different. Yeah. So, I worked with Hiko out there. We did two music video projects. He connected us with Lancey. He connected us with Danny Seth. Just maneuvered my way through through London during COVID. And then when I came back, me and Chris went full force on his vlogs and everything. And um, then Cole started asking him to come to the shoots and do the BTS, like, for the lyrical. And then at first it was me just editing them. And then Chris just invited me to the shoots and wanted me to help capture them so i will capture the cinematic parts and then and the b-roll and like the extra stuff and then he would capture cole's moments and like Leroy's moments and like all these artists like intimate moments and like their commentary on the whole thing and then we would just kind of like build a mini documentary for each video yeah and then now it's almost been a year um working with them and just building with them and getting to see the way that they maneuver and 
these artists they bring up and how young they are and getting the call the shots and like creatively building a world because if you look at the way Cole brings artists up he kind of does it like high school so like he has classes almost so like right now he has the freshman class which is like Kobe and baby Santana and like all these new kids but literally like right before that he had like Tekka and like all these kids yeah Jack Harlow and yeah. stuff like that Snot. and then yeah it's not it's not kind of like in between mm-hmm. that like he's still a freshman with him but he's kind of a sophomore you know what I mean and then you have the people who are like Oh, the college people and and those people are like Pump and Dex and like Warhol. all the people. He yeah Warhol, which yeah. I love that kid. Like Warhol's dope. I Shout fuck out to with Warhol. Warhol heavy. He's a good guy. Yeah. Well, shit, bro. Yeah. I mean, I really like where you've been going with everything. Uh, I really, you know, I fuck with your trajectory at this point. I'm really excited to see what you do in the future. I mean, I just feel like at the you know. The way that you move, there's no telling what position you go end up in. You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know. I'm excited, bro. I'm, there's not that many people that I pay, you know, that much close attention to. You haven't made a move that I'll ever be like, I don't like this nigga. You know what I mean? Like, you've never done anything wrong, bro. Like, you really are a solid motherfucker, man. And uh, I really appreciate you coming and telling your story, bro. Uh, anything you got that you're working on now that, you know, that you can say anything about? Uh, besides, I mean, obviously all the hard work you're putting in with Chris Long and, and, you know, all these things that you've been, you know, doing. But is there any, like, personal project that you're excited about? So we're working on a... Um, Bright Minds is in the in the process of working on... You straight. <laughs> Bright Minds is on the process of working on a documentary. Mm-hmm. Can't say with who. Okay. Um, but we have some show ideas that I want to present, um, to a big YouTube channel mm-hmm. that I want to make come to fruition. Um, I'm working with a beverage company that I'm doing photography for and creative direction, nice. uh, called Blackwater. Yeah. Um, I work with Young and Reckless now. I do photography for them. That's uh, drama shit, right? Yeah. I love drama. I love his podcast. Mm-hmm. Drama had a really good podcast. I don't think... I've been checking to see if he drop any more episodes, but he's hard. I fuck with drama. So I do photography for them. Um, and then just working with artists and helping them come up and people I believe in and we've been getting into the EDM world a little bit lately um, just with Bright Minds like um, partnering with a company in uh, Florida named Acre Media mm-hmm. um, so they do like recaps and raw videos of like EDM people and then they get asked to do music videos and they're like yo you trying to do a music video like so they bring us stuff like that how do you find time for all this shit, bro? I my schedule is wake up, plan, work, 
edit, work, edit, <laughs> and then I go to sleep at like three or four in the morning. Wow. And then I wake up at like 11 and do it again. So I still get like five to six hours of sleep, but it's just like constant, constant, constant work. I like it. I'm glad that you have the opportunity to get it all in. You know what I mean? You're still young, so shit, man. Shit. Yeah, you know what I mean? Why but, not, yeah? But I do have, like, people that... I do have people that I, like, um, outsource to. Mm-hmm. I have kids that I really believe in and that I think have a dope place in the industry and I think that they have a vision I would love to help them come up as well because I didn't really have anyone to do that for me I just kind of maneuvered my way through um and I had people that helped me but they didn't fully lead me through you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like I never had someone like bring me on set but I did have people that invited me out you know what I'm saying yeah definitely but now we can like mold these kids to like do exactly what we need them to do and also have their vision with it and like bring them up so so that's my goal is to have a monster of a team by next year and to be partnered with a lot of the people I've been working with on a on a business level too like consistency is what really brings people together because if you're around someone and you're just the BTS guy, then they're not going to look at you as the same. But if you're around and like, oh, shit, that BTS you made is hard. And then the next one's way harder. And then, you know what I mean? You just keep diving in more and more. Yeah. Then they're going to be like, yo, you want to do this? Like, what do you really want to do in life? You know what I mean? They'll start asking questions because they have the resources to change your life forever. And so, at that point, if they see you just going so hard, being so consistent, they, they want to help you. Yeah. And people, there are so many good people out here that want to help. You know what I mean? And, and shout out to all the people who blessed you. You know what I mean? Shout out to you and, and all the people that you're blessing. And uh, man, shit, man. And shout out to everybody listening to this motherfucking podcast right now. If you made it this far, I love you. I think we had like an hour and 48 minutes uh, got down. Jesus. Yeah, Christ. I know. But I'm going to cut it down a little bit. Just a little bit. I'm going to cut out a bunch of, uh, you know, whatever. But honestly, I'm really happy I was able to get this story from you, man. Uh, much loved. And, and, and thank you for fucking, you know, pulling up and having this combo with me. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you tell these people where to find uh, shit? Your Instagram. What's your Instagram, your Twitter, and whatever else you want to shout out real quick? My Instagram is out here visuals. O U T H E R E visuals. If you can't spell that shit, I'm on y'all. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you'll figure it out. Yeah. And I don't really use Twitter like that. All right. So fuck your Twitter. Yeah. And, and shit. Uh, and Bright Minds dot ENT is our uh, video company. And um, shout out to everyone who's ever given me a chance. Shout out to. Sky, I didn't really mention his story or anything, but Sky XXX, he helped start the whole Florida scene. He's the reason X had the X's in his name and everything, but he's always been 
a small circle kind of guy like you. Mm-hmm. And he he brought me around a lot of dope people, and we helped each other. And I helped him continue to keep rapping and keep keeping the momentum that he had and everything like that. And we worked together, and he, you know what I mean? He made moves with it, and I made moves with it. And Hell yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people that I appreciate along the way, and uh, you know, I keep going. Well, hey, shout out to all them good people. Uh, shout out to my boy Ben out here visuals. Shout out to y'all listening. I don't never know how to end these motherfucking podcast episodes. So, man, look, y'all tell somebody you got them loving today. And, uh, man, got them. You feel me?